Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, hope you got your beer cracked open and ready for today's episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. Today is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. And this is the day we hear the words, you are dust and to dust you shall return. For the last thousand years, these words have been traditionally used for this particular day. A priest or a pastor will place a finger in the ashes, making the sign of the cross on a forehead while whispering the words, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Now, those are frightening words. And we gather today as the body of Christ to be reminded of our own short lives here on earth to mark the beginning of our 40-day observance of Lent to engage in a period of prayer and fasting. This is a, a solemn event. It's a solemn day in the life of the church. For today, we are being asked to think about our own mortality. Most of us are tempted to believe that we are invincible and that life will never catch up with us. We're tempted to believe that death isn't real. Countless commercials and products are advertised with the sole purpose of prolonging our inevitable end. Even in the church, we spend so much time talking about the joy and hope of God and the resurrection from the dead that we fail to spend adequate time reminding ourselves of our own finality. So today, as we take our first steps into Lent with the ashes on the foreheads, we are like the psalmist who cried out, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is a time for us to deeply reflect on the ways that we can be better, the relationships to reconcile, and the new habits to cultivate. Lent is less about giving something up and more about reorienting ourselves back to God in order to use this life that has been given to us. Our desire is for God to create in us clean hearts and to put a new and right spirit within us. We have been given this greatest gift, the gift of life. The question we need to ask ourselves is this, what are we doing with that great gift? Psalm 90 verse 12 says, so teach us to count our days that we may gain a wise heart. Life is a fleeting and precious thing, one that we should not take for granted. Let us all learn to count our days, to reflect on our many blessings, rejoice in the gift of life, and let our lives be fruitful for those around us. Death is a frightening thing, for sure. Contemplating our finality and celebrating it in worship is by far one of the strangest things we do as a church. But in the end, we do it so that we may gain wiser hearts, so that God may sustain us in the midst of our sinful lives, and above all, so that we can appreciate the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and the glory of the resurrection. Let God use this Lenten season to help create in us clean hearts. So for the next 40 days, we will rest in the shadow of the cross. But remember this, the glory of the resurrection outshines everything, even death. Yes, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. And we'll have more coming up on Ash Wednesday as we move into Lent. Also, every Sunday of Lent, during uh, the Lenten season, we will have shorter episodes, 
leading up to Easter, every Sunday morning, those episodes drop every Sunday morning for the next seven weeks. And there are short Lenten devotionals specifically for that week. So we invite you to check those out. They drop every Sunday morning, beginning this Sunday, with our first Lenten devotional. Before we get to talking more about Ash Wednesday and Lent leading up to Easter, a book I recently read, which has nothing to do with either one, is called The Awakened Brain by Lisa Miller, Ph.D., and the author is able to describe through science and and stories with her patients so many of the ways in which our own minds has have given themselves the runaround in our own quest for a more connected way of living. She explains how the very basis of spirituality is scientifically proven and able to protect against mental suffering, depression, and anxiety, and, in fact, actually enhance the relationship that we are able to create with life itself. We are able to better listen to the guideposts of the direction and healing that surrounds us on a daily basis and then apply it directly to the life experience we are having in this very moment. Throughout the book, the author Lisa Miller documents personal stories and research that she has engaged in since the early 1990s when she first started to discover the protective benefits that spirituality had on mental health as a whole. Her writing is extremely easy to read, well-paced, absolutely beautiful. The language she uses with delicate subject matters is inviting to everyone, and I was very, very moved with her descriptions and modes of research that I ended up actually highlighting and underlining a lot of the book. I highly recommend the spiritually curious and spiritually skeptical to engage with this book. She, now, she makes a very clear distinction between religion and spirituality early on in the book. So if you are not associated with any of the faith religions, anything goes with this book. The Awakened Brain. Check it out. It's from last year. Lisa Miller, Ph.D. is the author. I highly recommend it. I give it five stars. We'll be right back after this short break. Many of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, Old Ramblings Podcast, know that my six-year-old grandson late last year was diagnosed with cancer, and he is being treated at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. And I've always known about St. Jude, and thank God the cancer is in remission, and he is still receiving treatments. He'll probably be there for a little while longer. But we thank God for St. Jude and the work that they do. And I've always known about St. Jude being from Tennessee and actually from the Memphis area. I can tell you they do wonderful, wonderful work. But having a family member directly affected and receiving treatment there, I was just amazed at the care the and, and my son and my, my daughter-in-law have not paid a dime not paid a dime for his treatment and his care and for their housing and for food and for all of these things. With that in mind, wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the history of St. Jude and the work that they do in this episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. You can donate, stjude.org, stjude.org. I encourage you to, whatever you can do, donate to St. Jude today because it helped my family personally. They have helped my family personally and so many others. 
We want to see them continue this work. Here's a little bit of history about St. Jude. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital was founded in 1962 and is a pediatric treatment and research facility focused on children's catastrophic diseases, particularly leukemia and other cancers. The hospital costs about $2.8 million a day to run, but patients and their families are not charged for their care. It is located in Memphis, Tennessee, and is a nonprofit medical corporation. St. Jude treats infants, children, teens, and young adults up to the age of 21, and for some conditions, age 25. In 2010, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital was named the number one children's cancer hospital in the U.S. by U.S. News and World Report. How did St. Jude Children's Hospital get started? St. Jude was founded by entertainer Danny Thomas in 1962 with help from Lemuel Diggs and Thomas's close friend from Miami, automobile dealer Anthony Abraham. The hospital was founded on the premise that no child should die in the dawn of life. Thomas was a comedian who was struggling to get a break in his career and living paycheck to paycheck. When his first child was about to be born, he attended Mass in Detroit and put his last $7 in the offering bin. He prayed to St. Jude Thidius for a means to provide for his family, and about a week later he obtained a gig that paid 10 times what he had put in the offering bin. After that time, Thomas believed in the power of prayer. He promised St. Jude Thidius that if the saint made him successful, he would one day build him a shrine. Years later, Thomas became an extremely successful comedian and built St. Jude Children's Research Hospital as a shrine to St. Jude Thidius to honor his promise. So what exactly do they do? Discoveries at St. Jude have profoundly changed how doctors treat children with cancer and other catastrophic illnesses. Since St. Jude was established, the survival rate for leukemia, the most common type of childhood cancer, has increased from 4% in 1962 to 94% today. During this time, the overall survival rate of childhood cancers has risen from 20% to 80%. St. Jude has treated children from across the United States and from more than 70 countries. Doctors around the world consult with St. Jude on the toughest cases. Also, St. Jude has an international outreach program to improve the survival rates of children with catastrophic illnesses worldwide through the transfer of knowledge, technology, and organizational skills. Again, go to stjude.org to donate today. You can also keep up with my grandson's battle with cancer and his story and his journey as he continues this. Braxton's Battle, the Facebook page. Got a link in the show notes of this episode. As we told you at the beginning of the podcast, today, Wednesday, the day this episode drops, March 2nd, is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. And I heard a song recently. I'm not a big Celine Dion fan by any stretch of the imagination. Don't get me wrong. But I recently heard a song from, I'd never heard this before, not even seen the movie that it's from. Deadpool 2 is the name of the movie. And the name of the song is Ashes. And these lyrics stuck with me. What's left to say, these prayers ain't working anymore. Every word shot down in flames. What's left to do with these broken pieces on the floor? I'm losing my voice calling on you because I've been shaking. I've been bending backwards till I'm broke, watching all these dreams go up in smoke. Let beauty come out of ashes. Let beauty come out of ashes. And when I pray to God, all I ask is, can beauty come out of ashes? Have you ever felt like that? Like, like your prayers weren't working anymore? Like you were losing your voice calling on God? only to watch your dreams go up in smoke, only to be left with the broken pieces of your life scattered on the floor. These words tap into a longing many of us have in our hearts, a question many of us have on our minds. 
We long for beauty to come out of the ashes among us, and we wonder if such a thing is even possible. Can such a thing as beauty come out of such a thing as these ashes, all these ashes? You see, we know ashes. We know brokenness. We know ugliness. We know loss. But what we need to know is whether that's all there is. Or can God do something about these ashes? Can God somehow bring some good out of this? Ash Wednesday is an important day in the church calendar. It's a day that marks the beginning of the season of Lent, the 40-day journey with Jesus to the cross and beyond the cross to the empty tomb. It's a day when we are marked on our foreheads with the sign of the cross in ashes that were made from the bright green palm branches of last year's Palm Sunday. Now, many of us don't need to ashes on our forehead to be reminded, as the old liturgy puts it, that we are but dust and ashes. We know that gritty truth all too well, but it probably does help to be reminded of the greater truth that the season of Lent, and indeed the story of Christ as a whole, tells us, which is that God did and that God does bring new life out of death, beauty out of brokenness, and ugliness, beauty out of ashes. And we've mentioned this already before, but beginning this Sunday, every Sunday during Lent, we will have a Lenten devotion that will drop an episode. It's a shorter episode every week for the next seven weeks until Easter. And Lent is that season of 40 days, excluding Sundays, that begins on Ash Wednesday today and helps prepare us for the coming of Easter. Traditionally, Christians around the world participate in the season of Lent by giving something up, like chocolate, for example, if that's your thing, in order to share in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, Mark states, And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, him being Jesus. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. We fast during this time because Lent reminds us of when Jesus was tempted, as we're told there, in the wilderness for 40 days. Lent is also a time for repentance, prayer, and almsgiving. It is a time of purification, repentance, and redemption. It is a time when we confront our sin and confess our guilt. It is a time of self-sacrifice and discipline. The season of Lent is so important because it invites us to look inward and ask some important questions like, what is in my life that should not be in my life anymore? What is it that I need to change? What steps do I need to take in order to better follow Jesus? Lynn invites us to ask these questions. Lynn invites us to confront our sin and confess our guilt. Lynn invites us to realize our need for God's divine grace. Lent allows us to realize that we have been forgiven. And as we enter Lent, here are five different ways to enter into the season of Lent. Now, the first we've already mentioned, which is fasting. I know a lot of people who give up something for Lent just because it's really difficult. They feel like they have to suffer and punish themselves by giving up something that is really challenging. Others choose to give up something because it's really easy. They choose to give up broccoli or asparagus, for example. Still, others choose to give up something like dessert or soft drinks as a way to enforce a diet so they can lose some weight. All of these scenarios, not necessarily bad things, but they do not get to the heart of what this season is all about. Giving up chocolate for Lent 
not necessarily a bad thing, but can you honestly say that it deepened your relationship with Christ? When I've given up things for Lent in the past, I cannot honestly say that I was participating in Lent as God intended. It's important to fast something meaningful in order to truly enter into a season of Lent. Give up something that will allow you to grow in your relationship with God. A second way to enter the season of Lent is, of course, through prayer. It's a second but very important component of entering into the Lenten season, the discipline of prayer. Prayer is one way that we communicate and connect with God. Engaging in daily prayer allows us to draw deeper in our relationship with Christ as we enter into this season. It is an essential means of grace that invites us into knowing the God who formed us, created us, and breathed life into us. A third way is study. Now, communal study and daily Bible readings are great practices to adopt during the season of Lent. Study is an extremely important aspect of attending to the means of grace in our daily lives. Study invites us to not only expand our minds, but also our hearts as well as we dive deeper into our understanding of God. This Lenten season, consider taking time each day to read through a devotional book or a book of the Bible, for example. And again, those devotions on Sunday mornings that drop on Sunday mornings during the Lenten season of Soul Ramblings podcast. A fourth way is worship. Worship is an important component of the Christian life and allows us to enter God's presence and receive God's grace through word and sacrament. During the Lenten season, attending Sunday worship is a way to enter into fellowship as we celebrate what God has done is doing, and will do in our lives and in the life of the church. Through music, prayer, scripture, sermon, sacrament, and invitation, we can experience God in a deeper way this Lenten season. And the fifth way is reflection. Making time for reflection is also an important discipline to practice during this season of Lent. Whether it is through silence, prayer, Journaling, taking time to reflect on your own individual life, allows us to realize that we might be holding something or holding on to something that is holding us back from being closer to God. Reflection is a process that exposes the things in our lives that we can purge in order to grow in our relationship with the God who formed us, created us, and breathed life into us. Overall, this Lent, I encourage you to find ways to deepen your relationship with Christ. Maybe you might do this through one of the three traditional Lenten disciplines of the church, which is fasting, prayer, or almsgiving. My prayer is that you find ways to answer some of those questions that force you to look inward. May you experience the divine grace of Jesus Christ. May you experience God's forgiveness, and may you be transformed. I think it's time for another beer. What do you think? Yeah. Psalm 51, 1 through 12 says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. 
Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation, and sustain in me a willing spirit. So as we're focusing on beginning Lent on this Ash Wednesday, let me ask you, how would someone know that you are a Christian? I think this is a very important question for us to ask ourselves on a regular basis. I mean, during a normal day, how would anyone know that we affirm Jesus as Lord, that we pray to God the Father, that we believe the Spirit is in us in all things? You see, all of us are sinners, the young and the old, the weak and the strong. We all fall short of God's glory. This season of Lent is an opportunity to turn back to God and reorient our perspectives about the way the world truly works. For the coming weeks, our prayers should be for wisdom, for God to purge us from all wrong desires and failures. This is the time for us to be bold in our faithfulness as we enter the community around us. Lent is the time for God to create in us clean hearts, to put new and right spirits within us. We begin today with the ashes, remembering how finite our world is and how finite we are so that God may restore in us the joy of his salvation and sustain us with a willing spirit to be faithful in the world. How would someone know you're a Christian? Today on Ash Wednesday, everyone ought to know by looking at our foreheads, but the ashes will eventually fade away. The cross will disappear. The challenge for us is to act like it's still there, to live full lives of discipleship so that everyone might know who we are and whose we are. So again, I invite you to join us every Sunday during Lent, every Sunday of Lent, beginning this Sunday, the episodes drop. We'll have a shorter episode on Sundays. It's just a Lenten devotional. I invite you to spend some time on your Sunday mornings or Sunday afternoons, whenever is convenient for you to join us for those devotionals. Of course, we will continue to have our regular Wednesday episodes of Soul Ramblings podcast. I invite you to get social with us on Facebook or Instagram. We're on both of those and you can go there and follow us or like us, leave us a rating and a review and a comment on your favorite episode. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, or YouTube. Or maybe you listen on another platform. Be sure to let us know where you catch the weekly episodes of Soul Ramblings Podcast in case we missed it there. I'm Jerry Wicker. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. I do not take that for granted, and I thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you spending your time with us this week and look forward to spending some time with you each Sunday during the season of Lent. As we wrap up our time here together on Soul Ramblings Podcast, one last piece of advice If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Drink responsibly, keep the conversations going. Until next week, grace, peace, cheers.
Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Mm-hmm.